Mum Talk, we are in Series 3, Episode 7, Can You Quite Believe? This year is just whizzing by, I have no idea where time is going. Anyway, I am here this week, I'm on the podcast this week to chat with you all things Amaldine, all things me, and what we've been up to for the last couple of weeks well, since I last checked in with you guys. But what I want to touch on first, if you haven't already seen, I know lots of you follow me on Instagram and lots of you have been sending me the most kindest messages and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, but I am launching a mum talk specific Instagram page and the reason behind this is because you guys are so interactive and I really want to be able to create a place where you can not only interact with me but also interact with other mums and I know that being a new mum can actually be quite lonely sometimes. I am quite lucky in the fact that Hendrik doesn't work a nine-to-five job. He has a um, roster so he's all over the place which is actually quite nice. It means that sometimes I'll have one day alone and then he'll be home and then he'll be away for two days and then he'll be home rather than waking up on a Monday morning and feeling like I've got five days ahead of me without my husband leaving the house at eight o'clock coming back at maybe seven o'clock that can be really, really, really difficult. Um, so I wanted to create a place where you guys can interact with each other. Maybe you'll find you live down the road from another mum or something like that and you can go out and have coffee or... Anyway, this is coming from a really good place to just share more with you, interact more with you. So if you haven't already, go onto Instagram right now on your phone search mum talk podcast on instagram and please follow the page and i promise you you won't regret it because at the end of february beginning of march i have been supported by some amazing brands lots of which who have featured on the podcast already and they are going to support me in running a huge giveaway like 10 days worth of ridiculously amazing giveaways which are perfect for you if you're pregnant they're perfect for you if you have a baby already so get your friends together and start liking the page because then when these giveaways start to come onto the page there'll be a little bit of a call for action for you guys as there is with any giveaway um and I would love as many of you to take part in it as possible. So yeah, spread the word, help me out with this one if you can. You guys are so supportive and I really appreciate it. And essentially it's for you to meet lots of other mums. And yeah, I'm going to talk about it loads more on the next few podcasts anyway, just to try and raise awareness. But um, if you could help me, that would be amazing. So what's been happening this week? Well, I'll tell you what happened this morning. It is actually Wednesday morning. Normally I have the podcast live for you guys already this morning, but um, Amandine has been not particularly brilliant. And as I went to record the podcast last night, she really kicked off because she got really nasty nappy rash out of nowhere. Amandine has never, ever had nappy rash before. And I, I don't quite know how this happened, but she did um, a poo and I heard it and I whizzed her upstairs and I literally had only changed her nappy possibly about half an hour before. I don't think she'd even weed in her nappy but her poo must have been so acidic. Sorry, it's like Wednesday morning and I'm talking about poo. Not great. But her poo must have been so acidic. Literally looked like it had burnt her poor bottom. And 
when I went to touch it, she just completely lost it and screamed and oh, it was just awful. So that's why I didn't record the podcast for you because she just needed all the hugs. I gave her a, a soothing bath and um, spent kind of the next couple of hours before bedtime just trying to keep her nice and calm and keeping an eye on this nappy rash. So I was literally changing her diaper like every half an hour, which meant I did have to not continue using our um, Bambino Mios because we don't have enough. (laughs) We don't have enough to do lots and lots of nappy changes. So if you do, if you are using reusables, I would suggest making sure you have some disposables just in case something like this happens and you need to be changing it like literally half an hour unless you have an endless supply of reusable nappies. Um, But that's what we had to do last night. And this apparently is caused by teething. Now, she really has been teething a lot. I would say for like the past six weeks, it's pretty much every day. And we've been doing as much as we can to help her. We've been using the homeopathy, which is what I mentioned before. I actually in bed this morning took a picture of the homeopathy to tell you exactly what we're using. So we are using... It's um it's from um Helios. Helios in London, that's where I get all of my homeopathy from. It's only because it was recommended to me by one of my mum's friends actually who's a homeopath. And I use their ABC remedy, which is aconite, belladonna, and chamomilla. In their baby 4GG granules, it's called. I think it's a potency of 200, if that means anyone to it means anything to anybody. And then I also use magnesium phosph- or magnesia phosphate, same thing, 4GG granules, 200. And I just got those from Helios. Um, it's, this, is not ad- this is not an ad or anything like that. I literally bought them um, from Helios on the back of a recommendation. So we've been using that and we have also been using uh, Ashton's, Ashton and something powder. The one that you can just get in Tesco's, Sainsbury's, you can get it everywhere. Ashton and Parsons, I think it's called actually. We've been using that powder, so half in the morning and then half in the evening. We've occasionally had to repeat that quite a few times. As same with the ABC and magnesia, magnesia phosphate, we repeat that. But, I mean, it helps. She's never kind of absolutely beside herself with her teething. Um, but she kind of she'll reach for your thumb and she'll shove your thumb and your knuckle in her mouth and she'll literally clamp down on it. (laughs) Um, And I do try and give her as many teething aids as I can, but she just, she's not really a fan of teething aids. She much prefers my thumb. But what comes with teething is apparently poops. And I woke up this morning to Amandine just kind of, you know, gurgling around and the smell. And I thought, oh my goodness, you've done another poo. And this is what's been happening every single morning is she will literally wake up in the morning, wake herself up with doing a poo. And then all the way throughout the day, anytime that she passes wind or anytime that she feeds, she will poo. So she's obviously got quite loose bowels at the moment, which is apparently from the extra saliva with teething. But it has come down to a lot a lot more nappy changes. I reckon I'm changing a nappy probably once an hour. Um, when normally, actually I don't quite know how many I normally changed, but it was not as often as once an hour. And I'm hoping that this nappy rash will pass. I'm using uh, Neil's Yard. It's not the baby balm. 
it's the other one that has zinc oxide in it, I think, has zinc in it and also has uh, chamomile in it to soothe. And then I've also been leaving a really cold wet wipe just on her bottom because it's really hot. It's so hot. But aside from that, she is now in her next leap. But for the last couple of weeks, we have been napping really well. Actually, since I last spoke to you, we've been napping really well and sleeping really well. So I will let you into my, I mean, I guess it's a new routine. It kind of changes every time I speak to you. Um, But we absolutely had a huge win yesterday. Hendrik, for the first time ever in, how old is she? Five and a bit months managed to put her down and she went to sleep. So this was without feeding her to sleep and you know that I am a, uh, I am one of those mums who feeds their babies to sleep even though it's frowned upon, I don't care, it works for Amandine, it's perfect and I don't really think it's a problem. Um, So she didn't have any milk before she went to bed, I fed her about 20 minutes beforehand. Hendrik took her upstairs and she's normally, I think she normally associates Hendrik with playtime and fun so it's, that's kind of been our issue before but Hendrik was super calming. I had gotten her into a really, really good routine where I did absolutely everything systematically in the nursery before she went to sleep. So Hendrik just repeated exactly what I did and there were a couple of grizzles before um, she went to sleep but she found her thumb eventually and then just soothed herself to sleep. It was amazing. And yesterday, Hendrik got the closest he's ever got to getting her to take a bottle. So I don't think we're too far away. I reckon by the next time I speak to you, maybe even next week, I will be able to tell you that she's taken a bottle. I'm bordering on buying some new teats because I'm just not sure. We're we're using Mini B, but I'm just not sure they're right for her. But if it doesn't happen in the next week, when I really think it should happen, because I'm, I'm seeing the signs... Um, I'm, you would absolutely laugh if you're a fly on the wall. So we have this, um, glass window, which we knocked through when we were doing our renovations, kind of a glass panel in one of the thickest walls between our living room and our boot room and downstairs loo. So I leave the room and I go and do some jobs. And then Hendrik is feeding her, Hendrik was feeding her yesterday on her play mat. Actually, weirdly enough, I think I would have thought this would have been awful, but she was lying down on her play mat and she was feeding him he was feeding her, sorry, lying down. Um, I would have thought she would felt like she was drowning, but that was the best way that she almost took a bottle. And um, I was just peering through the glass, trying to not get her eye contact and trying not to get Hendrik's eye contact because he always thinks I'm interfering if I'm looking. And it was great. It was really cute to see. It was really nice to see them bonding. But Hendrik definitely has a time limit on how long he wants to attempt with each session on the bottle. When he did spot me, he was like, oh, for goodness sake, it's your turn now. It's like, no, this is your job. This is your role. It is your turn to do something. (laughs) And this is your turn to get her to take the bottle. But double win for this week. Getting her into bed, almost taking a bottle. I feel like we're winning at life. And naps, as I mentioned, have been going super, super well. So, okay, I'm just going to take you through my routine because I know I know you guys are going to ask. So, in the morning, we're still not solid on a wake-up time. It really depends on the night she has, but on a good day, which has been more often than not recently, she will wake up probably around 6, and then I will, if I'm feeling really lazy, scoot her into bed with me and do the lying down feeding position, which I really struggled with when I was 
um, when, I, when I'd just given birth, I couldn't get it. So every single time in the middle of the night that I fed her, I would have to sit upright and do it that way. Um, and it's only really in, in the last month that I have taken this up again and I've realised, oh, I can fall back to sleep with her on my boob. <laughs> Oddly, I feel a bit like a dog when I do that. I'm not going to lie, or a cat, or any animal, really. I could say a tiger. But you know when you see on David Attenborough on planet Earth and the animals are lying down and all their little cubs are coming and feeding, I do kind of feel like that when I'm feeding her this way. But it's cute. It's very cute. And I really enjoy it because I get to cuddle her and I get to go back to sleep, which is great. And she goes back to sleep too. So sometimes she'll go back to sleep until like 8.30, 9 o'clock. Of which annoys Hendrik sometimes, because when he's at home, he's like, I don't know what time you're getting up. When are you getting up? When when do we get to start our day? <laughs> and then there's times like yesterday, when she woke up at five o'clock, and I did that feeding thing, but she didn't go back to sleep. So what I'm doing, and this is the best advice anyone gave me, if you've listened to Nikki Clinch's podcast with me, um, you will have heard her before, but she's had a, ba- a beautiful little baby boy, and she gave me the best advice is to go by awake times rather than nap times. So I was going originally by nap times and I've mentioned this before, but go by awake times. It works so much better. So if she woke up at um, five o'clock and say we dozed a little bit, I then put her down to sleep at half past seven, which is like a massive two and a half hours, but we were dozing in bed. She was a bit in and out of sleep and it wasn't like this morning where she went back to sleep and she was asleep until um, seven. Yeah, until seven. So I've literally just put her down at quarter to nine, half past eight, quarter to nine to go back to sleep. And she is, she is going back to sleep. I try and, I've done it a few times where she'll only last an hour. So anything between an hour and an hour and a half of awake time in the morning, I find is Amandine's max out um but again it depends when she wakes up if she's snoozing or if she's like properly awake as to when I put her down so sometimes we will doze in bed until kind of yeah eight eight and I'll put her down at nine thirty. but this morning was a little bit earlier so she's asleep hence why I'm recording the podcast and then she'll wake up Um, sometimes she has maybe an hour nap now or occasionally she'll go for two hours because she'll wake up over that 45 minute transition period and she'll have about 15 minutes of kind of gurgling maybe a couple of cry outs not crying but cry outs I'll leave her and I've I've really learned to be very very patient with the baby monitor and if it's the first little cry I will not go even the second if she's whining and crying outright for probably 10 minutes, then I'll go. Not losing her shit, but kind of crying. Um, Then I will go. Otherwise I'll leave her, because often, more often than not, she'll go back to sleep. She'll find her thumb, she'll go back to sleep, which actually is what she's doing right now. I can see the red dots on the baby monitor going up and down, up and down, but I reckon in about five minutes she'll be back asleep again. I will let you know if that happens. And then, yeah, so we're awake, and then we're awake between um, morning nap and afternoon, morning nap and kind of midday nap. She's awake for about two hours. So she'll then go back to sleep. Normally anything between half past 12 and half past one. 
the last couple of days she's been having a huge nap, like two and a half hours. And I think this is because she's leaping. And again, she is also waking up a couple of times in that time. And then um, again, she'll be awake for another two hours. And then most of the time she'll take another nap around 4.35, about half an hour if she's in her cot. If we're out and about, it's unlikely. If we're walking, occasionally. Yesterday we took her out in the pram and for a little stroll to get some fresh air because I, I just had a nightmare of a day yesterday. It was one of those days where I had to redo my car insurance and I realised that I'd really messed up my car insurance in previous times. So I had to sort all of that out. Um, but we took her out in the pram to get some fresh air. She did not want to sleep, but that meant I put her to bed I started her bedtime routine at six o'clock and Amandine has actually been going down by about half past six, quarter to seven. Now we still don't bath her every night. However, from last night's episode of Nappy Rash, I'm now going to just at least put her bottom in water every night. Um, I normally still top and tail her every day, just like putting her bum in the sink. But I think what I'm going to do is just put her in a bit of a soothing bath for the next few days not wash her torso because if I wash her torso and wash her arms and up and around her neck she often gets really dry skin there um her tummy seems to be the most uh sensitive so but going down at half past six quarter to seven has revolutionized my life it is incredible having a real evening and with the work that I've been doing to try and get try and push this podcast a little bit more and start the Instagram page and it's really given me the opportunity to do that so I would highly highly recommend if there is any possible way of you trying to bring your bedtime forward or maybe I don't know I don't know how we did it for us it naturally happened because I held on to when we went to France she got back and she thought six o'clock was seven o'clock, so she naturally went to sleep and I just managed to hold on to that somehow. I don't know how you would do it if you didn't have that. I really don't actually. Um, but if there's any way of getting your baby to bed earlier, then it's great. It's great. So that's where we're at at the moment. It's a little bit messy still, but again, on demand and these awake times, just honestly, I couldn't recommend enough. Awake times, awake times an hour an hour to an hour to an hour and a half in the morning and then two hours for the next couple of naps if Amandine pushes over two and a half hours she gets way overtired and then she won't nap even if she only looks kind of a teeny 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 bit too tired at two hours sometimes I'm like oh god she's never gonna go down but she proves me wrong every time she goes down straight away with or without milk now which is just awesome 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 so I'm really happy about that, as you can imagine. (laughs) Smiles and giggles, oh my goodness, they're coming. This last week, she has not been that giggly and not hugely been smiley either, which I've been really worried about because one of my friends did say, if they've done something and then they're going back away from it, that's when you should be worried. And I know this this kind of applies to things that aren't smiling and giggling but she's been really, really hard to make her smile or make her giggle even more. We were so close to a giggle a couple of weeks ago and we did get, I think, our first giggle, but since then we haven't got it. We haven't got anything, nothing. Um, So I I don't know, I'm so desperate for her to giggle because it was the the most heartwarming moment to hear Amandine giggle and I just, I mean, I could have cried. How ridiculous is that? I could have cried. Swimming. 
swimming, she last week, was it last week? Yeah, no, week before. Last week we had a week off, I think. Week, did we? Oh God, I can't remember. Um, last week, or the week before, she got her certificate with turtle tots. It was so cute. She, we did, um, the first thing we did in swimming was not putting the babies underwater and then you basically end with the after your 10 weeks with your babies confidently going underwater and before our teacher our awesome teacher Rebecca she's brilliant will put them under the water for you and swim them up towards you so you know mummy's right in front and then I and the week before we had done it for them and then or done it ourselves and then last week or the week before whenever we got our certificate the last lesson you let go of them underwater so you let go so they sink underwater and then you pull them up towards you and you kind of literally create this vacuum for them to swim through with your hands it's absolutely incredible but goes against every single mother's instinct that you could imagine like letting go of your baby under the water, it was actually really difficult. It was really difficult, and I and I had to think to myself before Emma, don't freak out, because Amadine needs to see you smiling and not being in a real rush to bring her to my chest and give her a big cuddle. And Rebecca did say that, you know, bring them up slowly, give them a smile, and then give them a hug. Don't kind of hug them straight in because that will make them think that something's wrong, or they need comforting really quickly. So. But crazy. So if you do that in swimming, I mean, I, I have the utmost respect because it was really difficult letting your baby go underwater. I have swimming again on Thursday and I'm very excited. Very, very excited for this swimming. We are doing a bunch of catch-up classes because I've actually realised that with a lot of commitments that we have and going away as well, I'm pretty not, not, I'm not really here in March. Um, so we're missing all of the swimming that I signed up for not ideal but they've been amazing and they're helping me out with um extra classes so Amandine can still swim uh what else to tell you about weaning and this I did have a question on this on the Instagram that I put out the other day weaning everyone is asking me about weaning it seems to be a very hot topic around five six months and some of my friends are doing it early I know I think the NHS say will recommend whenever they show interest in your food and around kind of five and a half to six months. Amandine is showing uh, interest in the food. In fact, I was stuffing my face with a M&S mini roll the other day. If you've tasted those, I'm sure you enjoy them as much as me. Definitely not vegan. Um, and she reached for it. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, that a girl, you're definitely my daughter. <laughs> I was literally bought up on mini rolls, not the M&S one, but the, like the branded ones with the white swell through the middle, the chocolate ones, obviously, not the strawberry ones. Um, and oh my gosh, I love a, I love a mini roll. Full of rubbish, but I love a mini roll. And yeah, she reached for mine and I was thinking, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this is, this is the start of something. But I have to say, I'm not in a rush to do it. I really am not. I love the fact that when I go out, all I have to take with me is my boobs. And that happens completely, you know, there's no effort involved taking my boobs with me to feed Amandine. The minute I have to start taking snacks and cutting up cucumbers and carrots and I think I'm probably just really lazy but I'm sure it'll come and I will want her to eat solids and Hendrik is actually a lot better at this than me. He 
but he doesn't really understand the whole choking hazard thing. He's terrified of her choking, but I think they tell you if you're going to do baby led weaning to just get them to hold the food first. So you want to have like a big chunk of cucumber, like a finger. I think it's not meant to be any smaller than your finger, is it? But Hendrik will give her like the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest little bit of apple. Or, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a choking hazard. But then with me, I'm really trying not to be that over anxious wife and mum because he's accused me of it a few times and I know that I, I know it's happening I know it's happening I'll, I'll come to that I know it's happening um so with the weaning we're just not doing it we're actually going to Portugal and France's parents in March and I've just said I'm just not doing it until we get back because I don't want to do it and then be in Portugal and have to do it there as well and I then have to worry about whether the house we're staying in has a high chair or maybe, you know, maybe I don't, but I don't want to worry about the mess. I don't want to have to take spoons and plates. You probably don't even use plates to begin with, but spoons and sterilizing stuff. And oh, I just don't want to have to worry about it until I'm back in my own home doing my thing. So that is what I am. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at with weaning right now. I'm not rushing into it. And I think so many countries do it differently and the advice in like every country is very different and not every country has this six month advice I follow a surfer on Instagram and she is purely breastfeeding her baby up until a year and I, I think he's past a year old actually and he's not had solid foods I'm not saying I'm going to do that, but I don't really feel like it's massively a rush at solidly five and a half or six months to start getting solids down your baby. Some people say they sleep better, but then actually, I think my friend was telling me, Becca was telling me, um, I'll try and get the actual stats from her, but I can't remember if it was like, there's only like a 19% chance of your baby sleeping better or something like that. Well, I can't remember if that's right, but it wasn't. A definite, if you give your baby solids, your baby will sleep better. Hendrik keeps saying, when are we going to go back to normal? Because we're still sleeping in different rooms. And we've slept in different rooms. I'm going to be totally honest about this. We've slept in different rooms for a really long time. Because when I was pregnant, Hendrik takes up a lot of the bed. And I'm very used to just sleeping in one section of the bed. But we, we it would be nice to go back into the same room. Um, but until Amandine starts to sleep through the night, that makes it really difficult because with Hendrik's roster and Hendrik's work, he can't just be woken up numerous times throughout the night. He needs to get good solid sleep. So I don't quite know when we're actually going to make this work. Um, I have thought about sleep training. My friend sleep trained their baby and they now sleep all the way through from, uh, seven till seven. And wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't that be lovely? But I don't think Amandine's quite there yet. She's she's pretty tiny. I actually need to go and get her weighed, but she is pretty tiny. And um, she only ever really takes one boob. And I just don't think that's enough to get her through the night at the moment. And that's one reason why I'm really eager for her to take a bottle, because I'd like to actually see how much she can drink and how much she is taking. Because at the moment, I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. So that's where we are with Amandine at the moment. Um... I'm going to try and weigh her when on our own scales, actually, because each time I try to get to these weighing sessions with the health visitors, I fail. There was one this morning at 9.15 till 10.45. Have I gone? No, I haven't, because I wanted to record the podcast. 
And maybe I should be putting the weighing first, but I actually think we can make it work with our kitchen scales to an approximation. And then if there's an issue, I will take her to be weighed properly. Some of you are probably thinking that's not very sensible. Do let me know if that's not sensible. But yeah, she's finally out of her zero to three baby grows. <laughs> I did that this week, but I don't think... Some of you are probably thinking, she's five months old, that's not a good sign. But actually, they're really stretchy. They were really stretchy. So I think um, I think she's fine. And when I do put her in three to six month ones, she's filling them out. She is filling them out. I'm just being really stingy and not spending money on buying the three to six month baby grows. I've already got some six to nine month ones. So I'm trying to avoid buying the three to six month. And I've got like, what? Three weeks to go until she's six months old. <laughs> so I can do it. I can do it. But she is a small, she is a small five and a half months. Okay, so what's happening with me? As you're aware, and as I've mentioned, but I'm going to mention it again because it's what you do when you promote something right. I've been working super hard on the Mum Talk podcast Instagram launch. And there's a lot of behind the scenes work, as I'm sure if you run your own business, you'll know, but there's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes on. So that's been taking up a lot of my time. So literally every time Amaldine has been napping and if Hendrik has been at work, I have been really head down um, trying to get this sorted because I want to make it awesome for you guys. I really, really do. And I also want it to be successful, of course. So who doesn't? Um, this isn't a monetary thing for me but it is a real passion of mine and I love it. I love doing it and I want to make it really cool. And if this podcast was out when I was pregnant and listening to it, then I think I would have really connected with it as well and loved what I'm going to put out there for you. So I have been juggling, really, really juggling stuff. So I will have a, you know, do a bunch of emails and then Amaldine will wake up and then I'll play with her. And then I've also been suffering from a little bit of mum guilt because occasionally I won't be quite done and I'll really need to finish because it's going to come to end of business working hours and there are people I need to contact or yeah, I need to make a phone call or whatever. Because we also have real life stuff going on in our world, like renewing car insurance and a roof that's leaking with five different leaks and I still haven't got a roofer because they all seem to be rubbish at coming back to me or giving us ridiculously high prices um so yeah I have been feeling a bit of mum guilt where I've had to just leave her in her bouncer or left her to play a little or you know even actually put the tv on as background noise she's not watching the tv but it's just background noise so she feels like she has company isn't that bad I feel like that's so bad but it's stuff that I have to do um had an epic fail on Sunday whilst I think about it Hendrik took the base of the car seat with him to work so I couldn't get out and I had kind of put aside time on Sunday to go and do a Tesco shop and I was going to go for a nice walk but no none of that happened did it because I couldn't get out I packed all of Amandine up into her car seat took her to the car opened the car door no car seat base and that's the one downside I have to say to my car seat I've got the what have I got I've got a kitty 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 Care? Is it Kitty Care? Or is it just Kitty? Kitty UK? Something like that. Um, car seat. There's a YouTube video on it. And you can't strap it in. Now, I hadn't appreciated this when I bought it. You have to take the base everywhere you go. So every time we go to France, we have to take the base. And I have to say, last time, the bag broke and it went everywhere and I was really worried it was damaged. It was actually fine, but um, if I did it again, I would probably make sure I got one 
I don't know if they do a life flat one actually that straps in as well, probably not. But um, I would try and get one that straps in, I think, in hindsight. It's just a lot easier to switch between um, cars. But the base actually takes 20 seconds, we timed it, to switch between cars. But it's just, you know, if you forget, if you forget the base, some people get two bases, I have to say, some people do get two bases. Um, but don't rule out ones that don't um, strap that. Don't rule out ones that don't strap in, but don't rule out ones that do strap in as well. There's benefits, I guess, to both. Sorry, I'm waffling. What else has been happening with me? I've been feeling quite over-anxious recently, um, as far as Amandine goes. And I know this is really normal for every mother to experience. But I am... I don't know, I find sometimes when Hendrik's doing things with her, like, my hands will just shoot out and I am completely out of control of my arms. And I will, like, squeeze them back in as fast as I can and try and hope that Hendrik didn't see. Otherwise, I get the look. I get the look of, you're being really over-cautious, Emma. Come on. Um, And there's, you know, things like, when I'm driving, I just... I don't know, I guess I'm living in the future rather than the present moment and I'm imagining all these things that could happen and yeah, I'm just I'm just becoming quite overly cautious and extremely protective and I'm really trying to just calm down on that. I think I spoke to you about France and when Hendrik's mum and Hendrik wanted to take her for a walk and I didn't let them. How bad is that? Um, so <laughs> yeah, trying to really calm down on that and just let go, try and let go. I know it'll come with age, I know it'll come when Amundin gets a little bit older, but I'm going to London, I'm uh, going to London, uh, beginning of March, my cousin is getting married. It's a bit rubbish because Hendrik booked the weekend off to come to the wedding a really long time ago. I messed up, I told him it was a Saturday wedding, it wasn't, it's a Sunday wedding, so actually means he can't now come because he's got a ridiculous early flight on Monday morning and obviously Exeter, London, rather a distance away from each other and he can't get back in time because the wedding's not until like three o'clock on Sunday, um, doesn't start till three o'clock. So yeah, he now can't come, which is a bit shit. So I'm going up on Saturday by myself um, flying up. I know it's not very eco-friendly, but with a baby, it's better than a five-hour, five and a half-hour train journey, which is what it would take me, plus a half an hour car ride to Exeter St David's, plus not having anywhere to put the pram. It's just easier to fly for me because it's forty-five minutes. The airport's seven minutes from my house. It's just, it's just easier. Um, and I figure that the plane's going anyway, right? It's going anyway. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Um so when I get to London, my I I guess I will jump in a cab. I've been speaking to Rebecca, um, my friend, she's somewhat rad on Instagram. If you've listened to she's been on the podcast a couple of times, which has been awesome. And she's just so funny. But I've been messaging her being like, How does one travel around London with a baby? and a pram, and do I need a pram? Can you put them in a taxi and a carrier, or do you have to have a pram? All of these questions, because uh, I have no clue what I'm doing. If any of you are from London, and I'm sure there are some London listeners out there, please message me with what I need to bring to travel around London. I'm not bringing a car seat. 
I was planning on bringing my pram, but not really sure how much I'll use it. I don't really use it much anyway. Or do I just stick with the ergo with my um, ergo baby, my baby carrier? Um, do you think I can survive with just a baby carrier? Tell me, tell me, tell me, because I just don't know. Um, she was saying that you can get in a black cab with just a carrier and apparently Ubers are also the same classification so you can do that too but I don't really feel that comfortable about an Uber because they tend to drive faster and I find every time I've used an Uber and I I don't know, you're closer to the seats aren't you? That's what Rebecca said um, and I just feel like maybe they're a little bit less safe than a London cab I don't know, let me know your thoughts on that but yeah, I'm coming to London and I'm nervous about it, and I don't know, in my mind, I'm just becoming really quite anxious about it, which needs to stop, because I don't want it to be like that. I'm, you know, coming for a really happy time, I'm coming for a wedding, and I am also going to something else, which I'm sure I can mention on this, but I'm not sure if I can, so I'm gonna hold off on it until it's all sorted out. Um, I'm sure I can mention it, but I'm, I'm just going to wait. <laughs> I'm not giving you purposeful suspense here. I really dislike it when people do that. Um, but I'm just not sure if I, I'm sure I can say it, but I'm, I'm going to wait just to be sure. So yeah. And then we'll fly back. We'll fly back on the, a few days later. So that'll be nice. But Hendrik will be here by himself, which sucks, <laughs> which really, really sucks because I want to be, I, I want to be with Hendrik and we went through a bit of a stage where Hendrik was like I can't believe you're taking your daughter or my daughter away from me for such a long time and I know it's really bad isn't it it's really really bad it's really bad and then I was going on to a product launch a bunch of product launches which would have been really cool for the podcast because it, it's a like a new they're launching a whole new load of products and I wanted to go and check them out for you and tell you what you what I thought of them um but that's been now delayed to the following week when we're actually not here either. So I can't do that for you, I'm sorry. But I will continue to review and tell you what I think about products because if that's really important, I think. When you're out and you're looking for stuff, you want to hear what someone really thinks about it. I've had a lot of messages about the LV um, breast pump, which I've been using and was very kindly gifted. It is flipping brilliant. It is brilliant. Um, I really, for the extra money... I mean, do it. Yesterday, I was expressing purely because we're trying to get Dean to take the bottle and trying to build a bit of a freezer stash, although I've run out of those little bags that you put it in. Does anyone put their milk in glass jars I would really and in the freezer? I would really like to know if you do that because I'm obviously trying to reduce plastic, as is everybody right now. And um, if you sterilise your glass jars, can you put the milk in glass jars and freeze it? I, I can't see why, but I'm not doing it for some reason because I'm a rule abider. So I'd really like to know if you do or if you think that would be okay. Um, so I was expressing and when I was expressing, Amandine did a massive poop, went everywhere of course. So I had to change all her clothes, I had to um, put a wash on, had to bath her a little bit, wash her bottom. All of that, I think if I had cables everywhere and I was pumping with a normal pump would not have been possible. I would have had to have stopped, put it away, and started again later. But with the LV, I literally just ran upstairs and did it as if nothing was going on. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. So I really, really, I, and you know I only say this stuff, I really think a product's great, and I really do think this product is great. Really is great. 
Uh, the other thing, which has just launched, and if you remember, uh, Siobhan from the Positive Birthing Company came on a while ago. If you haven't listened to that episode about hypnobirthing, I highly recommend that you do. She has uh, invented or founded a digital pack, which is online, which I did, and found it really useful. As I mentioned, a lot of it was very similar to yoga, but you can learn a huge amount from it. Now, I know a bunch of you are pregnant whilst listening to this, but she has just launched, if you haven't seen it already, an app called Freya on the App Store. So Freya is a surge timer, and it is the most beautiful thing. (laughs) So she actually really kindly sent me a... um, like a discount code thing, which you put into iTunes to buy it. But for the life of me, I couldn't see where you were meant to put this in so I could review about it. But you know what? I just thought, I'm just going to buy it anyway because I really want to support her. She's absolutely brilliant. She does so much for mums and I'm trying to do the same. I just want to support her. So I bought it anyway. At the moment, it's only $1.99 and I think that is a special running, um, I think up until this weekend, I think that's what she said. But It is just absolutely beautiful. It has the most calming, calming colours and you press down on the button. I'll I'll put it in my Instagram uh, once this podcast goes live and I'll record it so you can see what, what, how you use it. But every time you have a surge, you press this beautiful blue button. It turns purple and there's kind of this expanding haze around the button as it pulses in and out like your surge would. And then when you when your surge stops, you press the button again. And then every time you have a surge, so you could, you know, just all you have to do, literally all you have to do is press the button. So every time you have a surge, you can go to a little graph thing at the bottom and it tells you, it's recording all of your surges for you. She tells you what you're aiming for, tells you when your last surge was and the duration of that surge. It tells you the time since your last surge and it's counting with you and it's just the most beautiful, calming colours and yeah, you can share that information with people. Oh, it's just brilliant. I highly recommend. And if you are pregnant, go get it when it is one ninety nine already. And support Siobhan because she is just a dreamboat of a lady and is doing wonderful things for everybody. So it, it is the Positive Birth Company Time... Well, it's called Freya. Positive Birth Company Freya. And it's been in the number one medical section of the of the app store for well since it went live it's brilliant go check it out so that's all I have to inform you of today last little push please go to the mum talk instagram page it's mum talk podcast and follow and share with your friends please tag your friends in it if they are pregnant or looking to get pregnant I am actually talking with Emma Cannon later on today who is a fertility and women's health expert so even if you know friends and family who are maybe trying to get pregnant this podcast is brilliant it's not just for when you are already pregnant or have had your baby um i'm really excited to share that podcast with emma cannon if you guys have any questions please interact with me as we're doing kind of the bit of the changeover do feel free to dm me on emma jolin but also free feel free to dm me on mum talk podcast instagram also send me an email if you like at mum talk podcast at gmail.com 
If you have any recommendations on guests that you would love to hear from on the podcast for the next series, that'll be series four. Oh my God, series four. I would love to hear from who you guys want to hear from. If there are any products that you think, I really want to know what it's like. Um, Ask me. It might be that I've had one and just haven't covered it. Or it might be that uh, I have a friend that's had one and I can find out from them what it is. So if you're eager to hear about something or if you're thinking of buying something, ask me and I will try and cover it in the podcast. If there are any topics you want want me to um, touch on as we go on with this podcast, then let me know because it's for you. It is for you and for me and for me too. I love hearing about lots of different things and speaking to lots of people too. I did start this because I wanted to know stuff and then I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to share it with everyone too. Why not? So definitely connect with me. Don't feel afraid to connect with me. I love, 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 love hearing from you all. Anyway, I hope you're able to take away something from this slightly waffly podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I love your support as always. I will check in with you guys next week. Next week, we have a guest on the podcast. So have a lovely week and I will check in with you next week. Lots of love. Bye.